0: Hello, and welcome back to the world's favourite agile and alcohol-related podcast, The Agile Pubcast. I'm Jeff Watts, and together with my good friend Paul Goddard, we've recorded yet another natter in another boozer that hopefully you'll find interesting or amusing, possibly both. We love it when we get a tweet asking us to talk about something or commenting on one of our shows, so please get in touch. The best way to do that is through our Twitter account, at The Agile Pubcast and we would love it if you could give us a rating on iTunes or like us on SoundCloud. Anyway, enough of this, because I think Paul's just got the drinks in. Cheers! Good afternoon. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Paul. Hello, everybody. Hello. Who's there? Uh hit some pretty good uh, numbers yeah. on our listeners. I was about to say uh, hello to anybody who's listening out there, but uh, <laughs> there
1: are some people. I'm getting stopped now and asked about the podcast. We did the other week, didn't we? A did. t- relative stranger that yeah. we met, and yeah. uh, basically said, oh, you guys, you're the guys behind the podcast. And we are. Yeah. We're becoming better known.
0: Yeah, getting and uh, well, Yeah, which is great. So hello to everybody. Thank you for listening leave us some reviews and uh, we will be even easier to find That that's that's something I, I mentioned uh, so somebody asked me why don't you publicise this podcast right. uh, so, and my response was well I don't know how to publicise it how do you publicise it it's yeah. on iTunes it's on SoundCloud yeah. um, what, what else are we supposed to do and he didn't really have an answer but his point was he, he regularly has conversations with people like, what good podcasts to listen to Right. and he mentioned ours to, to, to whoever he comes across and everyone else says what's that then Right. Never heard of it. And I think if you if you search Agile in iTunes, we don't really come up. But oh, I think okay. that's pro- probably because we don't have any we don't have many ratings yet. So, so we need some more ratings. Yeah, to get, get some policies. ratings. Get your friends on it. Um, so today we're in. Sunny, still a little bit chilly, but sunny Brighton yes, on the nice. south coast of England. Absolutely gorgeous by the day. water, aren't we, Jeff? We are. We're, we're on a wharf, I think. Is yes. to, yeah. yeah, we, we've are loads, loads of nice little boats outside.
1: So anyway, my boats and the uh, little they yeah. They're a little wharf little off houses. the marina,
0: so the sea is not visible right now, but we're, we can see water,
1: um, and the sea is very close. And it's we're we're in a very uh, appropriately named pub the mariners no, the
0: master mariner the master mariner, that's it, yes it had alliteration, alliteration sells me as soon as I see alliteration I'm I'm sold lots of, um, what do they call it Uh, wooden beams in the roof it looks like a house that shouldn't really be standing but it is, and probably has been for hundreds of years but it feels very uh, proper
1: maritime yeah, maritime, yeah the boat's out of the window sitting here in southwesters after, after a windy, blowy night yeah. on the sea, drinking ale. What well,
0: are you drinking, Jeff? Oh well, yeah, I'm, I'm drinking um, a Wharf IPA, local, local, a local Sussex ale. Sussex ale. Uh, I figure we're in a Wharf. I'll have a Wharf IPA. Yeah. it's it's local, it's British. Um, God save the Queen. <laughs> it's very hoppy, quite citrusy, and if I was if I was to say slightly metallic, people would pretty much take that as a negative. But I'm not taking that as a negative. It's got a yeah, this would be nice. Are you enjoying taste? it? Are you enjoying yeah, it? it? Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Yes, wow. I, I quite
1: like it. Well, at least one of us is enjoying our drinks, Jeff. <laughs> well, I will introduce mine. I am drinking a bottled uh, cider here called Blind Pig. Now, this is from, it's a Bulmer's bottle. I was hoping it would be something a bit more uh, niche than that, but it's not, it's mainstream. Um, and it's described as here, Cider of the Night in a small bottle, and it's uh, the flavour of this is whiskey, whiskey, cider, whiskey, honey, and apple cider. And it's not good. <laughs> well, good I'll, job, it's only a small bottle. I'll so. them, be completely honest with you. I'm going to drink it, uh, and I'm not going to enjoy it, but I'll, um, we'll I'll try it. and make it last for the third. No, no, minutes. no, we'll get, get that one down here. We'll get you one <laughs> you enjoy before the end of the no, podcast. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a massive whiskey fan, as uh, Jeff knows, and... This just tastes, it's just so, a taste of cider. Drink half of it and I'll, drink, I'll buy you a nice one that you yeah, do like have, but okay. that's,
0: that's a good deal. All right. So today's, I'm, I'm really excited about today's podcast. Ooh, tell me we, why. We well, it might be misplaced excitement, <laughs> we'll, we'll find out, but we've had a flood, uh, a, flood? Me, a metaphorical flood of, of I guess, contact from, really? from the outside world. Yeah, A number of emails have come in and messages with questions, so we've been asking for people to write in with you know, questions and comments and topics for discussion. Yeah, mostly in vain. Yeah, but um, recently we've had a like I said a metaphorical flood of responses. So I think we could we could touch on a couple of them today. Okay. Whether, whether we'll do them justice and, and give people what they want, I've no idea. But we can just yeah. give it a go. We don't know all the answers. Jeff. Of course let's be not. Honest.
1: Of course not. Let's be honest. We're not,
0: not we're not that good. <coughs> no. So um, so the first one <coughs> comes from Andrew Andrew Rusling. It came in via email. Yeah. And he says that. There are different results to Agile transitions, some result in lasting change, some become just the way things are around here, some fail and the company reverts back to their old ways, some end up in a hybrid, Some, he says some Agile transitions succeed for a time then roll back or revert and he wants to know what our experiences are about Agile transitions that have been successful but have then rolled back. So he's heard of situations where sort of senior management change and then decides to go down a different route. Um, but what other things have we seen that can contribute to a rollback? And is there anything that can be done to avoid a rollback? And I really like this at the end, he, he finishes off by he's so he's based in Brisbane, Australia. Oh, wow. Australia. we're international.
1: Go- this is an international contest, yeah. Delaying, that was Australian accent, not yeah. Jeff Watson.
0: Or... Uh, and he says his favourite drink is a pale ale with medium or low amount of hops, definitely no IPAs. Oh. Uh, and he's also partial to a fruity amber ale. And when he's over in London, he prefers Doombar or, or London Doomba. Prize. Sh-
1: Sharps, Bar. Quite a lot
0: of I think it's a Cornish one, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I, quite, I quite like a Doombar and a London Pride, So yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, Andrew. Good, good, good stuff. Um, and interestingly enough, of this flood that we had come in, someone else also messaged him, which I think is actually quite related to what Andrew's just mentioned. So we had another email from Richard Birch. Hi, Rich. It's quite a long email. He he acknowledges the fact that it's quite a long email. (laughs) So I'll try and paraphrase. Yeah, okay. Um, He said, as a Scrum Master, how can you cope with the challenges that get presented when your organization, which has so far been agile and been quite successful, suddenly implements what appears to be traditional governance? So you see, when I'm reading this, I can yeah. I can see what Andrew's, back in what Andrew's saying there. Yeah, He says, we've been working really well. We've had external consultants come in who've had a look at what we're doing and have actually called out our Agile delivery as a real core strength of the business. Yeah. Yet, uh, due to mergers and acquisitions and things senior management have changed and decided to bring in PMO, uh, tr- traditional program management, lots of project managers, a change board, design authority... These kinds of things, timesheets. Yeah. So, what what does he suggest we do? Because he, although he's trying to look at these things positively, mm. um, he's he's feeling a bit, um, I guess, in the middle. Mm. So maybe we could combine those.
1: Yeah, they are. I, th- I think there's, there's there's huge overlap there. Um, for, well, I, I'm not going to say I'm at, at risk of saying rollback, but certainly regression. Yep. Yeah. Not full role, but we noticed a regression in terms of what happened at BT. Yep. I know we talk about BT <clears> a lot. But I think I'm think i trying to think of exact examples and, and instances where we... Because expri- I was there a bit longer than you. Mm-hmm. So certainly there was change in leadership. Yeah. There was people that were taken... Uh, either left the business mm-hmm. intentionally and just decided... There was a hemorrhaging of talent. There so was a lot of good people in that kind of middle middle-ish layer of leadership uh left um some were forced out but some but some left of their, of their own volition um in some of instances, instances that message then got diluted and lost along the way i mm. think that just some of the people they brought in i'm not going to name individuals because i we probably would get into, into trouble then but i can think of at least one person and if Nigel was here he'd i think he, <laughs> he would probably say who it was but he's not so but there was one person who was fairly divisive about his, what he wanted and his agenda, and it was a very anti-agile agenda, mm. pushing the wrong messages completely. Yeah. But I don't even think it was what he was asked to do, it was just that that was his natural style.
0: That was his history, I think, was yes, it? Yes, and it was his legacy. He and He hadn't experienced himself the successes that had been felt throughout the company no. until so then. so he was brought in quite late. And there were significant corporate pressures at that point in time, weren't there, share price-wise, mm-hmm. and, and having to, to reduce headcount for, for, yeah. the, for the stock market. Yeah. The shareholders and things. Um, but I don't think that's... <clears throat> First of all, I don't think that's uncommon. And second of all, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. So I think pretty much everywhere that I've been, there's been a case of the metaphorical two steps forward, one step back. Where yeah. you make some progress, you push uh, against some boundaries, and then maybe you run out a little bit out of energy, or yeah, the honeymoon period finishes, and inertia sort of kicks in again, uh-huh. and pulls you back a little bit before you can gather your forces, gather your resources and energy, and, and go again. Yeah, and sometimes that would use the word regression yeah. rather than rollback. That sort of yeah. one step back can be quite useful in a sort of reminder if you like of all right this is we're not there yet. yeah we're not there yet and yeah. actually is where we are right now where we want to be probably not actually where we were was pretty good how can we get back to that yeah um, but I think for, for there is a risk though that for those of people that are haven't got a huge amount of resilience
1: I think it's also patience I think people get impatient I, th- I think especially people and I might be stereotyping it a little bit but especially kind of that middle management that senior leadership area yeah. there is a time pressure that they're probably measured on individually on results yeah and they don't generally have a lot a long time that mm-hmm. honeymoon period isn't very long no so if if pressure is being applied at their level yeah. that soon ripples down into the rest of the organization and these agile transformations probably take a lot longer well we know that they take a lot longer than most people think and most people are prepared for well they take
0: longer than the, the career span yes
1: of, of that kind of
0: of the role. leaders yeah yes. and which is why one of the big learning points that we had at BT and we've I know you and I have both and Nigel Nigel's not here but uh, Nigel would say the same thing make a big point when talking to people who are trying to start a transition and, and, and get the wheels in motion is think about succession planning yeah. Really early. Yeah. yeah. Who who's, who is right yeah. who do you think is going to be taking this over from? You? If you re- if it's really important for you to finish this job, yeah, you I'm won't gonna. be here to finish it. No. But, but who will? Yeah. Uh, and obviously, that's not always in your hands as a leader. But thinking about those kinds of things mm. is is one thing
1: that that can be done. Another interesting thing. Um, so I'm comparing BT now to other companies that. I would say being more successful and not rolling back not okay. so that kind of succession planning where companies have involved and I, th- I think taking more of a view that the employees in a good company may well be lo- around longer than some I- individuals True. So kind of yeah. that workforce trying to build an identity to, the, to their workforce and to their company mm-hmm. and their company values if you've got 50, 100, 200, 200, you know, 10,000 people living those values, less of a pressure for one person to either drive it or derail it. Mm. So, and so so the companies that I see doing well are trying to tie in more employee led initiatives to their change, Not, not just driving it forward, but also retrospecting on where we are now and trying to Know, pull out the good and the bad. Yeah, what we're doing so. I think the whole idea of a, um, a coalition. I think, and Nigel used to talk a lot about this about Cotter's idea of change and, that, and that, that kind of guiding coalition. I'm not so sure that it's maybe it's putting too too much stress and risk into yeah. you know, eggs into one basket of letting too few people do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a wider has to be a wide, wider drive to get more.
0: So I'm gonna am gonna try and pull us back because I think we're we're talking about what we're interested in rather than what what they're asking. So the, the main questions I think we're asked are asked were what why what are what are the reasons for regression other why? than what just kind? management change. Yeah. And what what can people in Scrum Master Agile Coach type roles do to perhaps halt that regression? I guess is is the best way that I can memorize that question remember the essence of that question Mm -hmm. so let's take the first one first what other reasons are there for regression the first thing that jumps into my mind is trying to scale too quickly
1: right
0: so seeing that there's a a bit of success a bit of momentum and then trying to
1: how would would that manifest what would a regression in that respect look like what do you think would
0: happen (coughs) that it's almost undermining the initial successes. So, okay, it looked all right to start with, but as soon as we started applying it to something bigger than just one team, then we found that we found its flaws. So, we're not we're not going to bother with that. Mm. That kind of thing. Um, it's it can be hugely demoralising, demotivating for the for the people who put their energy into kicking kicking these things off. Um, and it may well just be a settling for well, well we'll do Agile in this environment so, you know you Greenfield small mm. co-located but anything at, what they used to call the grown up projects in BT <laughs> the, the big uh, the big important things then yeah. that's that's something that you
1: uh, know you can't be trusted with mm. there always seems to be when it's that kind of just this once projects so that mm. you know and I think the more of those that creep in if you do it once then you're more likely to do it again Okay. You know, I know, I know. We're supposed to be doing it this way, but can't we just? Mm-hmm. You know, isn't that what being adults all about? Oh, being well, able yeah. to change and, and and people that are willing to perhaps compromise for just that yes. one that mm-hmm. one project. If, if almost that you have special, like let's say, special cases. If if everything's ideal, then we'll do it this way. But in the, in the real world, yeah, this is how we've got to do it actually. So mm-hmm. people that then just playing lip service to that and. Um, and yeah like i said undermining a lot of the good work that, that has been done i would i think you
0: said something really really uh, i want to just bring out a little bit more clearly in the, the hemorrhaging of talent because mm-hmm. i think that's another reason why a lot of organizations do yeah regress yeah now i think bt's case is different to a lot of the cases now simply because of the state of the market as it were so, oh, yeah. at that point in time, a lot of the people in B2 had, who got their experience there mm. were in high demand because there just wasn't anybody else no. around that companies could have. They were poached. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, there's a lot more people out there who have experience. And so it's not it's not the same kind of but a lot of people realize that actually there are better organizations or different organizations out there yeah that's true. if, if progress isn't fast enough or they don't feel valued enough in their organization mm. uh, and I think a lot of the banks are finding this right okay that okay you may you may see a certain amount of effort and huge visible visible support and push for change and we're going to bring in all these people and all these experts and put all the support behind it. But if if those people don't see enough uh, tangible they're putting the money where the mouth is and actually making things really different then that they're mostly freelance contractors that even if they're permanent employees they still view themselves as tangible uh, as as freelance That they'll just go somewhere else. Mm. Um, there's there are so many places for them to go now and mm. that, that whole adage of change your organization or change your organization mm. I'm wondering actually as I'm talking and I'm just talking more and more <laughs> I actually think you, so you mentioned about patience oh mm. I think historically with BT and, and a lot of the organizations that scale too quickly it was the organization that wasn't patient enough mm. now I'm wondering whether it's, it's People, the individual whether actually now there are so many options out there they think, I'm
1: not I don't necessarily need to stay for the hard yards I, can just. I think people in some respects at BT some people got jumped off the ship because they thought the ship was going in the wrong direction and they felt this and the, the <clears> big um, at that time it was this isn't gonna last this is just a management technique this is a fad so the there word.
0: was a there was a long period we're talking a couple of years yeah
1: where the ship was definitely going in the right direction yeah
0: and they were still losing people okay would you not agree with that? What years are we talked? It's going to be years. I'm not very good with years. Okay. Let's say. Are you still two thousand, yeah. Right. Okay. I think that that, that sort of around about the two thousand four, five, six yeah. time. Okay. I would imagine mm. that that that's when the, the company was still going in the right direction. Mm. Still had challenges, massive challenges. Mm. But they were they were still failing to keep hold of their people, mm. and in some cases actively. Getting rid of them. yeah. Just I wonder if, uh,
1: on a complete aside, I'm trying to think of what other else causes of rollbacks, and, and if I'm jumping around too much here, do tell me. I think just failing, failing causes rollbacks. Okay. So if it's, and we see this, I see this not like, even in trainings that I do. As soon as something goes wrong, the instant response is to re- revert to type. Retreat. It's to it's it's a, yeah, it's To yeah, and it's that. There is an, it's the acceptance. And I don't think people are prepared for this, that things are going to go wrong. Things yeah. are probably going to get worse before they get better. Yeah. And people aren't resilient enough. Mm. I think people get scared. And I think when people get scared of something they don't know, it's easy to throw something away very quickly. Mm. And then just say, "Well, we it couldn't have been that bad before. Let's go back to what we were doing mm. before. Reverting to type, sometimes consciously, sometimes subconsciously. I think I think you're right. I
0: do. I think that's natural. I think it's human nature to to a large degree. And I don't want to get too wistful here and too idealistic, but generally, there aren't that many people who feel a personal attachment to the company they work for. And gone are the days where you know you grew up, joined had a massive that tr- yeah
1: that's true I think that's changed r- rapidly over the last 10 15 years and it's
0: a little bit like um, I don't, I don't want to use the sport thing but it's, it is a bit like a manager manager comes in a leader comes in they have to mark their stamp they have to make their mark yeah. on something yeah and the best way to make their mark on something is to change so if you've got to do something differently to what was being done before so if you've got something that's going along let's say it's a sort of uh, immature promising yeah agile instance then they could come in and boost it but then it was another leader that sowed those seeds yeah. so it's that other leader that's going to get the comes credit in, for
1: that. Ego, ego comes into
0: it. well I don't know th- I don't know whether it necessarily comes into it consciously but I think if I'm a you know if I'm a CEO CIO CXO uh, looking to build my CV my resume mm then I, I want something substantial on there that I can put my name to and if I'm just going to carry on something that somebody else has started where's the credit going to go yeah yeah it's not going to be visionary is it I'm going to be so I think that short-termism both at the, at the, at the senior management executive level but also at the at the ground floor level you know I remember back in 2005 six working with investment banks and it was it was pretty much common knowledge that you know two years was the max and then you went somewhere else mm. no attachment to the company no. just go to another bank just build your career, just go to another yeah. company a competitor yeah there's just no there's no loyalty or, or kind of sense of this is something do you think I mean.
1: that's that's radically changed then in terms of how
0: <clears throat> I'm not old enough to know no but
1: I wouldn't be surprised but I know people that have been and um, I, I put myself in this category to taking a safe job for the pension for the for the long term or you can work for that company BT for the rest of your life and get paid off with a good pension but there's no guarantees in that anymore No, and a lot of my friends that took jobs in similar companies have all now gone and worked somewhere else so it's not there's no I can't say that I ever took a safe option job wise but what made you choose BT then? I was unemployed,
0: Um, and it sounded like a good option. So basically, I I was. For those that don't know, I was. I I left university as a a, with a degree in accountancy. I took a job as an accountant, and after three months, realised this wasn't for me, so quit. Mortgage to pay, no job to go to. So looking around for a job, Um, and that seemed like an interesting choice. Mm. So we give it a try. Mm. But yeah. so th- th- I guess those are some of the main reasons why it might roll back. What options does someone in a Scrum Master or Agile Coach position have when faced with that potential rollback slash regression?
1: First of all, spot it. Okay. Own it. Own it. What do you mean? I mean, um, grow a pair, Jeff. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I see a lot of scrum masters that will tell me in a training course, mm. I know what's going wrong and I can okay. see it, but so it's, it's not in my control. It's beyond my pay grade. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think that again, maybe this is more of an organisational thing that some some scrum masters don't think that they have the authority, the the voice at the right part of the organisation. or well, they were never
0: supposed to they were never supposed to that role
1: that role was designed for people that they weren't they weren't going to be acting within their sphere of influence Within their. I still find that quite shocking um, and I still we talk about this in just courses last week that people looked at me and and, and said so Paul you're saying that I don't just have to be a scrum master for my team you're telling me that I have to also do stuff for the organisation and that that, in 2017 I thought that was just kind of well yeah it's like a Mm. That's 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 the name of the game. You could, in terms of you want this is your change agent, you've got to try and change your organisation, not just change the mm. seven people you work with on a daily basis. And that's I don't think some people are prepared for that. No, they're not. And I, that's interesting. I, it's something
0: that's I've kind of noticed, but haven't really noticed fully until you just mentioned that. It
1: at, is. And I people still, even today, not today, last week, were shocked by that by my um, guidance on that.
0: Well, we'll almost always have a, a conversation. Um, I mean, I don't. I guess one of the reasons I don't run that many training courses, but the ones where I do, we'll almost always have a conversation about this idea of a change agent. Yeah. And I generally ask the room, say "You know, there are three roles in Scrum. Who do you think is supposed to be responsible for changing the organisation so that it supports Scrum?" And almost always the answer is product owner. Mm. Now that's in a way that's fine right? and a product owner probably in most cases they can has. influence they yeah. can and they often have more actual authority and they have you know, greater influence and things like that but the, the Scrum Master role was designed to be a change agent without authority and yeah. one of the main reasons for that is that's the message that we want to sh- send into the organisation people should be changing things without mm. authority it's not yeah. based on authority mm. it's based on something needs to happen let's make it happen mm. um, well, that's so yeah, okay, grow a pair, own the change, rather than say it's somebody else's problem. That's that's that that kind of thing is, is difficult for us to well, it's easy for us to say, rich. Difficult for you to hear, I suppose, yeah. is is to say, treat that as a as a as a as a challenge, as a, as a reason for being there as a scrum master. This
1: is this is your calling. This is your time. This is your moment. I made um, <coughs> probably more when I left. So my story from when when I left the BT two thousand and nine to I pretty instant, yeah, almost instantaneously join Nokia. But that transition for me was good because I walked into a company that I could immediately see what I thought was doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And I had a an air of, you can call it arrogance I suppose, the fact that I think this is wrong and I, I made myself quite, I put myself in a fairly awkward situation. I made myself pretty unpopular with a lot of other Scrum Masters and mm-hmm. those people that know who they're, <laughs> so they're and, I, and I was, I was, I put a few people's noses out of joint, but I was Tweet Moment. in if you if you were one of these people who had their nose put <laughs> out. I, I called, arrogant, Paul Goddard. I call I call out. I think a few home truths that I think needed to be called mm-hmm. out, and I suppose I was just a bit more resilient to it at that point because I just left. Yeah. My job. Some people say that's the most risky time to do it, but it. I didn't get fired, you know. I, and um, those those learnings came out later in my time there. But I think, in some respects, you've got to be awkward. You've got to be that person who does say hang on I'm not completely comfortable with this." Yeah. and the point is in a large organization if you've got lots of people putting their hands up and say we've got a problem with this we, this isn't this is doesn't feel right then really is that something you can take note of you could ignore it if it's one person mm. just being deliberately awkward but if it's a number of people spotting the same thing yeah is there how can you do it how can you make those things transparent how can you um, project the, that downfall, yeah. You know, longer term, how how do you think that's going to affect? And we've talked a little bit about the bystander effect before, haven't yeah. we? I know
0: you're. You're. I blogged in that many years Yeah, it's something quite close to your heart, isn't it? And I just wonder whether, when you were at Nokia, and yeah, you, know, you did mention things. Yeah. Did that
1: spark other people saying? Oh yeah, hold on a minute. Much now now long, you say it. Yeah, not immediately because okay. because people just thought, oh my god, he's he's so going to get fired for that, but longer six maybe six months later it did start to change perspectives on Hmm. things like overtime and and it was just accepted that overtime was happening and I just had a newborn baby I didn't want to work overtime I wanted to go home and I told my team I'm going home at five o'clock and I don't expect you to work it was Friday it's five o'clock I'm going home to see my family I think you should too So our team left the building and everyone else was still there. And I kind of got, you know, kind of everyone's heads turned as we walked out. And that feedback came back to me, but eventually it started to slow. Yeah, it started to repair itself, I think. But I think there was a little bit of that. Nobody was prepared to do it. Okay. Socially, it wasn't accepted corporate. Yeah, from a cultural thing, it wasn't accepted. Okay. So,
0: so be a bit awkward, be a bit awkward, take a chance. Yeah. Stand up,
1: set the tone maybe others leave For fire. example even if it's not what people expect you to have done mm. okay yeah
0: when you look yourself in the mirror and think, right did I do what I was what I could have done as a scrum master is the answer yes actually. so that's that's quite brutal I suppose isn't it because mm. Rich
1: is Rich yeah, is doing that's, a great job yeah that's, that's Paul's approach you, um, you've got um, probably got a bit much more <coughs> softly softly catchy monkey approach so Rich
0: had a specific um, aspect to his question which is these a lot of these decisions and the sort of changes in direction are happening before he's even aware of them. So the oh, conversations okay. happen, and he's not part down. of them. Right. Okay. Uh, so how does he deal with the fact that he's not able to influence those discussions? Um, and I guess my, if I was going to take a, a very pure answer to that, it would be a case of the fact that as soon as you notice yeah. the fact that those kinds of decisions are happening, and you're not part of them is to try and get ahead of that ahead of that curve. Yeah. Um, I used to talk about how you know, great scrum masters were really th- well networked, they knew how decisions were made, who was, was speaking to who, and of course that's difficult when, when things change, you have to you know reor- reorientate the landscape and draw a new map, but finding out who's who's part of them um, and just genuinely that, that old networking thing, getting to know people, starting up conversations, building informal relationships, Maybe, maybe you can get yourself invited to those meetings. Maybe you just happen to be there when it's happening. Maybe you get to speak to somebody before they go to those meetings. Mm. There's lots of sort of inf- informal and...
1: Um, water cool conversations. Yeah,
0: yeah, sort of, I guess, political lobbying in a way. Or um, find out who the influencers are
1: and who influences the influencers. Battle mapping. Battle it. mapping is a good tool for that. Yeah. Yeah, you might have to explain what that is for people that haven't read your book. Um, well, yeah. um, there's not many people that haven't read Jeff's book. Well, it's, it's as, as most effective tools are. It's
0: quite simple. So, so basically, drawing out a, an inverted commas battle map of the landscape. So, finding out who the actors are in a particular scenario. So, it could be taking Richard's example. This, these strategic decisions are happening. These conversations are happening. So, who's first of all who who's part of that discussion, and then who's around that who are the indirect influences who are the direct influences how are they influenced and finding out what the best way to approach it is rather than necessarily going straight to the to the person who's chairing that meeting or organising that meeting maybe you know a chat with somebody who's influencing somebody who's going to it and different ways of approaching um, this kind of influencing
1: approach within the organisation and that that takes time doesn't it that's not yeah and again this reminds me of a conversation I had again just a couple of weeks back about I stand there in a training course trying to justify what a scrum master does mm. on nine to five, and saying we well, just after you've done the daily scrum, what else do you do? And it's, th- and it's things like that that making yourself time, making yourself available to just go and sit and talk to people, and try and work out how they work and what, yeah. what's that? You know, what am I missing out on here? What, mm. what am I not? What's happening that I'm not part of, and what do I need to be part of?
0: Yeah, I, I, I couldn't help but get a bit of a, um, a sort of. Twinge, if you like, when I was reading Rich's email, because I felt I felt for him a lot, because he was saying how you know he's put a lot of effort into creating this culture, and, and there's so many good things going on there, so, some continuous development, um, lots of you know, good delivery and predictability, reliability, confidence, yeah. collaboration, morale, quality, all, all sorts of really good things, and, and to, ha- to be validated by an external consultant who comes in and says, "Do you know what? Yeah, your agile delivery—that's that's a core strength of your business." And to know that you know you put a lot of effort into creating that, and then seeing potentially just some some senior management changes who and people who aren't aware of all that come in and completely undermine mm. undermine that would be quite disheartening. Um, so, I guess for me the first my first protocol there, without knowing any more of the context, would be around visibility. It would be you know having some some informal heartfelt conversations with those. New people, and what do they have to gain from boosting this agile transition? What, what can they? How can they benefit yep. from helping these guys go to the next level? And are they aware that actually what they're looking for could be met in a different way without undermining yeah. this core strength? So, giving them some options, and without information, people are going to stick to what they know. Mm. So, that's that's a. A key skill, really, yes. is being able to get that information across to somebody without coming across as patronising, mm-hmm. um, without coming across as technical, and te- and geeky, yeah, and geeky, yeah, yeah, with, with
1: the jargon yeah. um, and you know, evangelist, yeah. evangelistic, maybe mm-hmm. is that the word? You're right, and we, we and we do a part of that within our course about one of the key core skills of a scrum master is you have not i'm not going to say sell scrum but you have to be able to, you have to be passionate about the benefits mm. and be able to explain the benefits in their language in their in, context in in their position mm. not just you know but someone who stands to gain perhaps individually from changing something and putting their name on it yeah it's being able to not persuade influence or convince but to say you know well there's it's bigger than just just you it's, it's there's more to a lot more to gain but there's also a heck of a lot to lose yeah in terms of if you don't take these people with you
0: yeah and it, as well as the not patronizing and all those different different ways of being sensitive about how to bring that up it's it's not it's very easy to, to come across as giving somebody almost an ultimatum oh. or making somebody look silly it's our way on the
1: highway yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah. you got to do
0: it this way you got to do yeah. it this way um, and I know we've, we've been guilty of that in the past it's, we we knew the right answer We <laughs> genuinely knew the right answer and not just for our benefit but we knew for their benefit but often it, people will resist something si- simply almost to prove you wrong if mm. you like, because they don't they don't like the fact that you know what's best for them and they're gonna say well no I'm gonna prove you wrong now I'm gonna do it my way mm. uh, so we, we've we've lost we've lost ground we've lost arguments from being a little bit too passionate perhaps mm-hmm it's a really delicate balance to strike but at the end of it I mean my message to Rich would be that you know, don't don't lose heart and the fact it doesn't he doesn't sound like he's losing heart by the way he's he's, he's trying to see things in a positive light and um, don't lose heart you know, and, and know that if you've done that once you can do it again if you've if you've created that culture mm. at the team and it sounds like more than the team yeah. level you can do it again mm. and what the problems that were there that, that led to the solutions that you and your teams came up with, they may well come back, and you now know how to how handle to deal those. With them. Uh, and sometimes one step back is what it takes for people to realize
1: actually what they had before was was really good. Uh, but it also prevents you from getting complacent and copied yeah. that, yeah, so what's we're next? all in chat, ja- yeah, so it stops people improving. And that links back to the fact that that can be what regresses in terms of people just doing the same thing, true and expecting settling yeah, yeah yeah and and expecting that we've we've hit that 100% agile goal mm. so we've crossed that bridge yeah that's ticked and i remember the, the, the guy in bt saying oh that that change that we've done that we've passed that time to move on okay we've done the agile thing <laughs> that was it that, <laughs> that, that was yeah that was his his post agile brief yeah
0: okay I'm not, I, I'm not sure whether we've answered the questions. I guess we'll find out. Massive hopefully, question. good, good I mean, question. A, a huge question. And one that I think a lot of people will will relate to. And I think a lot of people will have probably better answers, better experiences than we do. So um, maybe maybe this will start our first mm. Agile Pubcast discussion forum. Perhaps mm. we'll see.
1: But that was that was good. I mean, thank you, Rich, w- and thank you. What was the first guy's name? I should know. Andrew. Andrew. Andrew Riesling. the wine. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Andrew. And thank you, Richard. More questions, please. Yeah, send, send them in. Um, we enjoyed
0: that. That's good. So, we... Um, yeah, I'm not going to waffle about that. You can
1: cut that bit. I finished my horrible cider jet. Well, I've, I'm struggling to finish it. Your glass. You've empty. done well. You've done well. Yeah, it's I'm definitely chewing. time
0: for another round. I'm chewing this down. Well, Cheers, chap. Cheers, everybody. Cheers,
1: See you soon.